What has your life on Hi-Fi? God has my life on Hi-Fi. <laughs> You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast. And I'm your host, Dominic Justina. I'm a 20-something who was very self-conscious and insecure. But I've decided that I am never going back. It really doesn't matter if I create a masterpiece or not. It doesn't matter who likes it. As long as I'm enjoying the process, that's all that matters. Follow me as we talk about relationships, love, purpose, passion, you name it. Focusing on what you have versus what you don't have uh, can be a huge game changer. A public expression of freedom is just, I don't know, like, it was so, 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 so liberating for me. Do what you have to do. Yeah. Take some time off if you need to. But when all is said and done, you got to keep moving forward. Let's commit to living our best lives together, shall we? This conversation is one with a dear friend of mine, Nana Frimpong. So it's pretty personal. And we speak about finding stillness in the midst of a busy mind. I'm bringing it out from the vault. But ironically, it feels like perfect timing, even though it was back when we graduated in 2018. I don't know about you, but I've had a very busy mind, which is partly why I had to take a hiatus and I had to decide to create more, consciously decide to create more. Um, Given this pandemic, I'm sure we all have been forced to sit closer with our thoughts. I mean, the world collectively was forced into silence in which reality did anyone ever expect something like this to happen and i thought there is no conversation better to release than this one right now in this moment and so i hope this convo is some food for thought for you without further ado let's dive in i think We have a very interesting relationship where we were always doing our own thing and writing our own story in school together, but we spoke such a similar language. You know what I mean? Like, but even though we had different stories, that's that's like the best way I can put it. I agree. I 100% agree. And every time I saw you running... I was always running in a different direction, but I'm like, I feel like we're on the same, yeah, <laughs> the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's it was always like a passing by, just checking yeah, in, for sure. Um, and one thing we had in common is that we were always busy doing something, yeah. always organizing, always speaking at something. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time leaving at 5 p.m. and being so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, finally, the sun is still there. Can you imagine? I know, I know. (laughs) But then look how fast time has flown. Yeah. We're entering into the next phase of our life. And um, I don't know. I feel like I've said this before on my social media, but I don't think that I've done more soul searching Mm -hmm. um, than in the past four months. I feel like I've done more in the past four months than in the past four years of my life oh no I completely agree because undergrad is such a precarious time as you know yeah and so when you're finally able to like remove yourself from that from the busyness and from people talking at you you talking at people you're like oh there's just me and what do I think about myself and where I'm at and where I'm going yeah Um, tough and then to go from that um 
of doing so much um yeah and it's such a precarious time as you were saying and then stripping away all of those things yeah. that we we were doing and we were involved yeah. with and then just being left alone mm-hmm. with ourselves mm-hmm. exactly <sighs> yeah who who are you when you take away the title of this the organizer of this exactly yeah and it's the stillness and I mean during the period of organizing and being busy there's always a yearning for stillness and silence mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how real things would get once I got all that stillness and silence I was yearning for I think from I you know what I do it better now than I did when we first started undergrad mm-hmm. um, back in 2014 but stillness and really kind of going inward and sitting with myself is something that I had to do throughout undergrad and everything that we were doing because Mm -hmm. I found that I was constantly running around like you um, going from place to place and you know school just moves so quickly and one week you're doing this next week you're doing the next thing so really coming home at the end of the evening and sitting with myself and just sitting in silence was how I was able to connect with myself and and kind of ground myself in what I was doing and who I was trying to be. And so where did that, that the value in doing that come from? Was that something that you always believed in or is that something that developed over time? Mm, I think it definitely developed over time. In mm-hmm. high school, I didn't feel it so much. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is because I, for university, I did move away from home and I was like on my own and trying to figure things out. But I, I also found that, you know, I was doing so much and as a way to like cope with the stress and in many ways, like the anxiety and depression, yeah. um, I found that I would eat or I would like hang out with friends or I would watch too much TV or I would sleep too much or sleep too little. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I need something to fill me up because nothing is working. Mm-hmm. And then with that question of what do I need to fill me up? Um, that answer became, I need God, you know, I need to like mm-hmm. connect with something bigger than, than myself. I need to sit in silence and really connect with, with the thing that's allowing me to even operate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where that came from. And that's so interesting because I would say during the time of school, I was more using things as a distraction. Like you were saying, yes, just yeah. like TV shows, um, just even the things I, I was doing, yeah. those things were were in a sense a distraction from myself. And you're right, they don't fill you up if you don't have the ability to like sit alone. I call it being alone but not lonely. So to mm-hmm. actually still feel filled up even when nothing is going on around you. Yes. And to kind of manage the stress and the anxiety and the depressed the depression um, yes and by connecting with God and that's really important and that's something I I don't think I've I've really really tapped into um until the when school was finished for me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it's and why do you think that is at that time um well at that time I think I was forced to be still yeah I didn't really have much of a choice because I didn't transition straight into a career and I didn't transition straight into um, other, I guess, duties, all of those kind of paused. And so Mm -hmm. I was forced to sit down and just be present. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I really like that you said forced because I was speaking to someone the other day 
And she was saying, she was frustrated because she was like, my, my mom and my sisters, they always go to God. They always say, pray about it or do something about it. But my first instinct isn't to pray or to go to God. It's to fix it, fix it in some physical form. Mm -hmm. And so when you use the word force, I'm like, that's so powerful because I think people think it's easy to say, I'm going to get still and listen. (laughs) But it's it's a choice, you know. It's a it's a conscious decision, and yes, it is. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's kind of like why it's so hard for people, some people, to meditate. For sure, meditating oh, yeah. isn't easy. Yeah, just because yeah, because you it's the epitome of being present, being mindful, and being still. And thoughts are so um, I guess they can have you so restless that the yeah. the feeling of just sitting down and like letting them flow and not focusing on them is so uncomfortable yeah for sure if you're not used to it yeah and people are also scared of what they'll think of right yeah like what will I actually think of if I just sit in a room by myself what are the the demons that I'm fighting that I I distract myself with like we were talking about previously yeah uh from experience I would say that the value in that is like it gets ugly before it gets beautiful so dark thoughts do come up like once you decide to consciously sit down all the things that you've tried to suppress have Mm -hmm. now this chance to uproot themselves and so um prepare yourself for those things and challenging and facing those things because on the other side is you being able to conquer them and you being able to be conscious of them and navigate your way through them. Amen. I think one of, one of my favorite quotes is by John Kabat-Zinn. And he says, um, there's more right with you than wrong with you, no matter what's wrong with you. Mm. And that's so important to keep in mind, when, especially when you're still and you're meditating, because all of those deep, deep thoughts, like what you just said, yeah. come up. And you have to be able to say, that's just a thought passing and that's not me. For sure. Have you noticed the difference between meditation and prayer? Or is there a difference for you? You know, I think of them as one and the same. Mm -hmm. So I have like a daily spiritual practice where I'll wake up and I'll journal for, sometimes I can go on for like two hours just writing in my journal. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I have a gratitude journal. Is it something similar to that? So how does your gratitude journal work? Because I write like entries about like my day what I'm thinking about so Um, I okay so I wake up I pray um then I meditate and then after that I go into my journal and I kind of just fill a page with what I'm grateful for just to set the tone of my day yeah Yeah. I think so so mine is probably a hybrid of that too because I I say a lot of like god help But also, like, I'm so grateful to the first thing I actually do when I wake up, when I open my eyes is I I say, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do good. Mm. That's the first thing I say when I wake up. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. 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 Um, Where did you get that? Is that something that just came to you or? No. So I don't that phrase actually came from Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer. Yeah. Sorry about that thing. It's okay. I can edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, are you good? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, okay. So, who is Joyce Meyer? Joyce Meyer is a um, minister. Minister. She's a quite pop. I feel like I know her. Was she in a movie called Prayer, called War Room, or something like that? I don't know if she's in a movie, but. If you, I, I won't be surprised if you know her because she's like very, very popular. So 
Yeah. Okay. So I write in my journal Mm -hmm. and it's usually a mix of like, God help. Mm -hmm. Also, this is what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I also, it's also my prayer. Mm -hmm. So I say like, I'm praying to be made humble. I'm praying for this, this, this. Ah. And then if, depending on how my morning's going, I'll finish journaling and then I'll like actually pray. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you journal and then you pray. Yeah. But I definitely see journaling as part of my prayer. Parts of your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. But in but I think your journaling now is kind of the way I I pray. I would pray out loud, just vocally. Like a lot of Lord why <laughs> um, <laughs> please help. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it's but, it's important to be real, you know. That's something I learned too. That prayer doesn't always have to be thank you for the birds and the trees and the bees and the you know, it it can also be just you surrendering and just admitting to not knowing what to do or needing help with a particular problem or needing to ask for guidance it's like a complete removal of the ego yeah yeah that i'm i'm just like (laughs) awing at everything you're saying so i'm like amen 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 and i think part of the reason why i know part of the reason why i journal is because it keeps me accountable Mm -hmm. because you can have that prayer like god please help me with this situation Mm -hmm. but i find that sometimes I forget that I even prayed for that thing and then it gets it gets fixed or it gets solved and I'm like, oh, I was praying for like six weeks for that to happen and it did and I didn't even like thank God for that happening. Mm-hmm. So it's only in like flipping through my journals that I'm able to go, oh, I was praying for that all, all this time and here it is. Yeah. And here's the answer. Here's the clarity. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we don't even realize that, you know, God's been good to us throughout the all process the and we forget. Yeah. Yeah. We forget. but in essence i think it's safe to say that we've both realized the importance of morning routines yes oh yeah yeah for sure i mean i don't know about you but i found that i had to do that especially because so you and i were deaf we were like leaders on campus too Mm -hmm. um and when you're a leader, you're, there are certain expectations people have of you. Mm-hmm. And not only when it comes to your work, but who you are as a human being. Yeah. So I know Dominic to always be smiley. So the one day that she's not, it becomes this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I found that I needed to do that in the mornings because I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let God help me tell me who I am before I let the world define that for define me. Define who you are. Yeah. Because it starts the minute you you walk out and someone says, oh, you look good or, oh, you look tired. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these things that you didn't carry with yourself in the morning, like, become part of you and become part of your day. Yeah. So walking out and just knowing who you are. Yes. From the gym. Grounding yourself. Grounding yourself. Grounding yeah, yourself. Staying grounded. Hmm. That's a good, that's a good point. Um. One of the things I quickly learned, too, is how to truly be careful of using the things that we were doing to define our value. And I think I brought this up earlier. So I that all I think it trickles away. Prioritizing you and knowing who you are before everything else makes it easier to genuinely act out of a place of self-love yes yes because but how did you come to that point though because that's a that's a tricky point to, that's a really powerful place to come to but it takes time it takes time and that's the thing so yeah okay so for me 
Um, in school, it was I was able to sacrifice sleep and sometimes meals. Um, yeah. And I was running on nothing but autopilot. I'm not quite sure where my energy came from on some days, but by God's grace, it came. Um, and it's funny because I've always been super conscious about self-love and self-care. But I was more ready to preach and help others than really apply it to my own life, which is hard to admit. Um, and so what the stillness has done for me, it's been transformational beyond words. And this really came when everything stopped. So right after my last exam, and yeah, this was fourth year, right after everything stopped and I really just had none of those things defining who I was, I was forced to sit still. And like, there are certain things I was recognizing, like just the birds chirping, like simple things. Like I would, <laughs> yeah. I would pass by the same spot that I've been passing by for years and notice something different. So those are the things that were happening. And then I was also put in a chamber where I had to like face certain things that I, I really love to do, but I didn't have the time to do them. So I was definitely creating more. I was creating on a daily basis, actually. And I think that put me more in tune with the divine. Like I was a source and a vessel for divine energy. And I was just allowing that to transform me, just learning how to live a more undistracted life and like following my own path. I think that's when things started to shift. And that's I beautiful. again, thank you. First, I felt like I was being held against my exactly. will. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, oh my gosh, my schedule is so empty. I can't, yes. I can't yeah. do this. And of course, you know, with time, things start to fill up again. But it's like what those things serve in your life now is a bit different because I have a different mindset when I'm doing things. It's towards building a better version of myself and then impacting people from inside out instead of from outside in if that makes Amen. sense yeah it does it does that's beautiful but you said that this shift for you is something that you were able to maintain mm -hmm. during school how important do you think self-care was for you to survive because you did a lot girl you were everywhere yeah. I, I, you know what, Dominic? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yes, you were. <laughs> and it's only now that I can sit here and be like, okay, homegirl, you really were everywhere. Dude. I remember telling people like, you're everywhere. You're everywhere to other, other organizers. And they're like, well, you're also everywhere because you see me. Yeah, like, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, it was crucial, especially in that last year. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was so crucial because something and and I had to fight for it every single day mm -hmm. so sometimes that meant I'm not going to socialize with x y person because I just need to go home and sleep like that is self-care for me mm -hmm. I just need to sleep mm -hmm. or I just need to stay home that day but what why I fought for it so hard is because I realized very quickly that nobody was going to give it to me Nobody was going to say, you should go and do this and take care of yourself. Like I had to take it for myself mm -hmm. because once again, when you are somebody who, who does a lot of work and does a lot of good work and you're, you're out there, people will take and take and take and you teach people how to treat you. Right. Exactly. So found, yeah. Yeah. So I found that I, my boundaries are a little bit messed up. And so I, yeah, I ended up being a situation where like I wasn't sleeping or I had this assignment due 
and I was doing it like two hours before it was due. And then I had an event that night, all of these things. Um, and so I realized something has to give, Mm -hmm. something has to give, I need to do something to fill myself up because I'm giving so much to people and I don't have anything left. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, I, I was, yeah, forced, forced to do something about it. Why do you think, and that this puzzles me because to me, it's like, it should be common sense. That in order to really do things and be successful and like to be a light in this world, it makes sense to take care of the vessel we came in. Why do you think it's so easy for us to forget? And we both use the word forced. Why do you think Mm -hmm. we had to be forced? Well, I can can speak from my experience and say that all of the women I saw growing up did the same thing. I mean, self-care wasn't even a term. I don't know if you knew it, but when I came to university, I had no idea what that was. And all of a sudden, people are like, self-care, self-care, self-care. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that? Um, but I grew up in a family where the woman did everything, and they were running around. Mm-hmm. And part of and part of what made them so great, why everybody loved them so much, is because they did so much. And so I think it was just like the subconscious belief that in order to be of value, mm-hmm. I need to do so much. And then slowly, I think I think I this was my mentality. Honestly, is I started I st- I started to remove the person from the work it's as if like she's just doing all of this stuff and it's not affecting her personally mm-hmm. like like she's getting the self-care and everything she needs from the work not realizing that the work is tiring and it requires a lot of like mental and physical energy all the time yeah and you did bring up a good point it's not even just value but love the love we receive from the things that we do it can exactly. almost be addicting. So to build. Oh, yeah. And there's ego. There's ego in it, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But you know what? You said something that makes me that that I've been like grappling with. You said go back to our go back to ourself, to our center. Mm-hmm. And that suggests that there is this this center, that there's that there is some like essential self. Yeah. And I, I think that's also what gets us all kind of like wound up in the things that we do and the people that we are in the world. Because you're you're always trying to kind of reclaim this person that you've never actually really met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, continue. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like trying to reclaim like this, this person that you don't know, but you know that she's there. Ah. That she's there. Um, and then it's just like this constant battle of like, I just want to, I just want to be this person that's like, have you met her? Do you know her? Does she exist? Will you ever get there? And if you don't, is that okay? Tune in for some more gems in part two. And remember, if you're enjoying this so far, please subscribe to Life on Hi-Fi on iTunes. Also, if you find it worth leaving a review or rating the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Keep up with Life on Hi-Fi on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Life on Hi-Fi. Stay Gucci, stay fly, and keep creating.